Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Jesus, I thank you that as we turn to um, your scripture this morning, I thank you that you are the one by your spirit bringing life to them. And I just pray that as we give our attention to this, you would just um, bring your life through, that it would shape and form us, that it would bring refreshing and peace to us, that we would know what it is to encounter you and to know you this morning as we turn to your scriptures. I just pray that there be a sense of just clarity of thought and mind for every single one of us, that we might be able to hear what you're speaking to us. And there'll be something that just helps us as we seek to know you and follow you in all we do in life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, um, I am doing part three um, of the four parts, so we've got one more after this one, where we're looking at our latest rule of life. So, as I said before, we've done, this is our third mini-series on this rule of life topic. We did the introduction one, we then did looking at Sabbath, four weeks looking at that, and then this is looking at reading the scriptures. And um, the whole point of, again, re-emphasising of a rule of life is that it develops not just as, as nice Christians who are very good at doing certain things, reading our Bible, praying, fasting. That's not the end goal. The end goal is that we come into a space of being, of encountering Jesus, of abiding with Jesus and being formed and transformed into his image. And that that that's kind of what we do with this. And this stuff takes time. This is anything that has a deep work in us is going to take time and therefore the formation of this in us is going to take time yeah. and it is sometimes happening in us and we don't even realize it's happening sometimes it's, we don't notice the impact of what we're putting in in these kind of practices in this kind of rule of life until we get to a moment where we're like, oh my goodness me, i didn't know that that was even in there and there can sometimes be circumstances and things we face where what comes out of us is a good surprise and not a bad surprise um and therefore it's that kind of deep formation that we're investing into here that idea of actually building that trellis those practices that are that guiding thing that enable the fruit of what jesus is doing in us to to come to bear to kind of start to show in our lives and sometimes that is in surprising moments but one thing that does become when we look at the scriptures it becomes consistent it becomes something where we start to bear fruit in and out of season we start to be able to demonstrate what jesus is like in and out of season in the good days when everything's going well and it's sunny and it's glorious and all that kind of stuff and in the seemingly hard days in both those environments we are still revealing and showing the fruit of what it is to be followers of jesus but that takes deep formation and that takes time and that takes a rule of life to allow that fruit to bear in and out of season so we're looking at this particular practice which is reading the scriptures and myself and Sai over the last two weeks have looked at how when we engage with reading the scriptures, it leads us to encounter Jesus, but also leads us to encounter an unseen world that exists around us. And the idea that when Jesus came, he said that to the Pharisees that you believe that these scriptures, you search them because you believe that in them you have life. But actually they point to me and they reveal me that we encounter Jesus when we engage with and read with the scriptures. But equally, it kind of helps us to see the reality of what he's done and the reality of where we're seated with him in heavenly places, the reality of what's going on around us, it helps us to, helps us to see those things and it leads us to that place 
of encounter, encounter with Jesus, encounter with another world. So that's the what of what we do, what, what, what we're doing when we're reading the scriptures and why it's important to do that. This week and next week, we're going to look at how. So looking at some different ideas about how we can read the scriptures. And so I want to um, focus on the first part of that today. We're going to look within that how. This week's going to be looking at how we engage with the scriptures. Alone is kind of a bit of a, a wrong term, but I'll use that for now just to create a, dif- a, a distinction, how we do that alone and then how we do it together. So I was going to look at next week. So we've got that idea of those two things. And I think it's important that we have those together, that even when we engage with reading the scriptures on our own, Maybe that's we're reading our own Bible, we're meditating on ourselves or whatever it may be. We need to remember that that's still happening as us being part of a body, us being part of a community. That I might receive something as I meditate and study the scriptures and read the scriptures myself. But what I receive then flows to someone else in the community or the body that I'm part of. There's a connection point. Equally, what I receive isn't always going to be in that isolated, alone space. Mm-hmm. That actually I also receive insight and revelation and understanding of who God is from the scriptures via other people too. And therefore this idea of, yes, there is practice that we practice alone mm-hmm. um, in reading the scriptures, but even when we're doing that, it's a part of a bigger thing. But equally, the, there's practice that we can do together as we read the scriptures. And we're gonna look at both of those over the next two weeks, alone more today and together um next week with Sai. Um I can't remember what my first slide is. It might be the next one. That's it. Okay. So by doing this, what I want to look at is this um practice, which is an ancient ancient practice called Lectio Divina. And you might have heard of this before, you might not have done. Um but basically it means it translated Latin, it means divine reading. So it's a practice of reading the scriptures that we're probably familiar with, but probably don't always term it as that. Um, And it gives us a how, a method of us individually, but again, this can be done as part of a group, but for now, individually, of engaging with the scriptures in in a kind of very um, intentional and purposeful way. So what this actually means is, um, is Lecture Divino is a contemplative way of reading the Bible. It dates back to the early centuries of the Christian church and was established as a monastic practice by Benedict in the 6th century. It is a way of praying the scriptures that leads us to deeper into God's word. This is a practice that we can um, embody and put into place in our own lives and enables us into deeper into the word of God, deeper into encounter and relationship with Jesus. Now this is um, not about reading multiple chapters of the Bible a day, which again is another good way of reading the scriptures. This is not dismissing that. That's also important that we have that kind of um, broader view of what's going on in the Bible narrative. That we might, in some, we are currently a number of us in the church are reading the Bible in a year, and that requires usually, on average, two or three chapters a day. But that's really helpful because it gives the big narrative picture of the Bible. <clears throat> Equally, um, this is not necessarily studying the scriptures in an academic or theological theological way again which is another really good way of reading the scriptures that's also really helpful um this is but it's not that this isn't about intellect this isn't about getting more knowledge this is a different practice of the scriptures and the reason i picked this one is because this is perhaps one that 
we're less, maybe, potentially less familiar with. We're, we're probably very familiar with the idea of reading a few chapters of the Bible a day and just thinking on that and letting that kind of ruminate in, inside us, all that kind of stuff. We're probably fairly familiar, for those of you who like it, of kind of the academic or the- theological study of, like, I know my theological point on this topic or this topic, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this is different. This is a different kind of practice and there's a different kind of way of engaging with the scriptures. What this means, really, and I think it's my next slide, I haven't wanted to spoil it, is it means this. Is it means slowing right down. It means not looking at masses of parts of the Bible, not even looking at chapters of the Bible. It means slowing right down and focusing on a phrase or a verse or a passage of the scriptures. This isn't going to necessarily mean that we get to read the Bible in a year. This pace would probably take us 10, 20, 30 years to be able to do that because the whole point of this is it's a slow way of reflecting and meditating on the scriptures. It also isn't necessarily going to lead us into a greater academic understanding of the, or theological understanding of the Bible. That's, those two things are important as other practices. If we just did this, we wouldn't necessarily be in a strong place. But this, coupled with other practices, is a really important thing. And that's why we don't just do one alone. We do them in a context of a body that connects the parts together. But this is about slowing down, taking a short passage of the scriptures and reading it multiple times, letting it ruminate, letting us, helping us to reflect on it, helping us to consider it, helping us to meditate on it in other words. And I think my next slide is then the next one. Um, it's basically what, what God tells Joshua to do as he's about to take the children of Israel into the promised land. He's about to lead them in there. And what he says to Joshua is, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, um, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then, for, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And I want to just slow down on this passage. Because there's some really interesting terms. The, the, the idea of meditating in it. It's not meditating on it, meditating in it. The, the, there's almost a diving deep into something. The, when you meditate on something, you're thinking on it. But meditating in it is the idea that you're going into this thing. The second thing that's fascinating is the fact that there's an intentionality about keeping it. Not quickly there and then disappearing again, but the constant, the day and night, the kind of not letting it depart, but remaining with this thing. Again, it's this idea of slowing down, taking time to consider this stuff. And the really fascinating outcome of this, and this is perhaps the crux of it, is then it says you'll, you'll be able to observe, or in other words, to see, to do. And I think that there's this really interesting idea that when we looked at last two weeks, that there's an encounter that, that by reading and engaging with the scriptures, it leads us to a place of encounter with Jesus. That this practice we're talking about today leads us to a place of encounter with Jesus. It's quite not quite this, but it's probably more of a heart engagement than a head engagement. That it leads us to a space where we just get to know Jesus, we get to know God, we get to know the Father and the Spirit better. Because it leads us into that human, emotional, kind of person yeah. connection. And it, le- it almost opens the doorway up to that. And it's just another, it's a practice that helps us to engage with God and engage with the scriptures. The Joshua talks about it, but basically what it, what would, it boils down to, that we meditate on it, that we consider it, that when we look at this, this practice, it's, it's the idea that we are chewing the scriptures, 
that again I've probably shared it, shared it before, but it's always a good analogy to use. Uh, both me and my brother are my, my brother Dave are, are horrendous at chewing food. We're just not good at it at all. We eat ridiculously fast. Um, and I remember one time, um, and he probably eats faster than I do, and I know I eat quick, but he eats faster than I do. And I remember one time we went to, um, it was years ago, went to a Toby Carvery, uh, which used to be my favourite place to go because you get all the kind of veg and other stuff on top of it, don't you? It's a great place. Anyway, went to Toby Carvery and we had ordered the normal food and stuff, and we were eating stuff. And then he... Well, we obviously both ate it really quick. And then he said, oh, I feel a bit sick, feel a bit like unwell. Um, immediately I was like, okay, you're okay. So we went out and he had like, I kid you not, like a, a lump like here, um, just above his just above his chest. And I was like, he was like, what, what do you reckon that is? I have no idea what that is. But it was like a lump, like it was like pronounced. You could see it on, on top of his chest. Um, and then he was, he said, oh, I feel really not well when he was sick. But it wasn't like kind of like sick, sick, like where you kind of have that kind of stomach regurgitation it was literally like lumps of food that came that obviously got stuck um so it was like whole kind of bits of cauliflower or whole bits of like broccoli or a bit of potato and stuff like fully like formed like not like remotely broken down or anything like that like just fully formed you could have picked it up and put it back on a plate and no one would have had any idea um because it just wasn't chewed and the point being that he did hadn't chewed it and then it made him feel uncomfortable i make that joke obviously at his expense but um that that's the thing. By not chewing that, that extreme example, you don't even get the benefit of it at all because it just comes back up again. But by not chewing food, we know that we don't. it doesn't get broken down properly. We don't get the nutrients of it. We don't get the kind of richness of what's in that food if we don't chew it properly. In exactly the same way, if we don't spend time meditating on, chewing over the scriptures, but we just rush through it, we might have a better academic understanding or a better big picture understanding, both of which are helpful, but we won't necessarily get the richness and the depth that comes from these scriptures, yeah. from these passages, from these phrases. The, the both need to go hand in hand. Equally, if we just focusing on the minutiae, sometimes we can miss the big picture. And that can also not be helpful. But I think there's a richness that comes from us taking time to slow down and meditate on the scriptures. Chew them over. Literally think on them. Think on them and chew them and consider them. And it gives space, I believe, for God to encounter us. Yeah. That he's constantly looking for a way for to encounter. And I just the more and more I'm convinced that that yes, that can happen in moments. It can. But I'm pretty convinced that's more to do with it being in spite of us, not because of us. That God's graciousness of encounters in a moment is more to do with these looking desperately for a space to be with us and to meet with us, but we don't give him it. So he looks for whenever he can fit it in somehow. But I'm convinced if we slow down, that what will happen is we'll give more regular and routine spaces to just be with God. And part of this is this, this practice of just slowing down and meditating and chewing on the scriptures. And as we do that, we just realise that we just encounter the God that that, that speaks through them. I can't remember what my next slide is. I think it might be slowed down again. Again, so just the idea of slowing down and the idea of chewing, the idea of meditating and getting the richness out of the scriptures. What I want to do then is that, that that's kind of the big picture of why, of why we do it, why it's important, what it might look like. But I want to dig a little bit further into how. 
and actually look at their this practice, which is an age-old practice, and you can Google it yourself. Um, but it does have these different parts to it. And there, there is a way of doing it. People have interpreted that way differently. So this isn't like, if you don't do it this way, then you're not doing it right. Nothing to do with that at all. But in general principle, you have these parts. You have the, the reading, the meditation, the prayer, and the contemplation. They're the kind of core elements of this thing, this, this divine reading, this practice. Preceding that, as you, can, you can't really see at the top, but preceding that, how you get to the part you want to read, I guess, be led by you. Be led by, is there something you're reading at the minute? Is there something that as a church we're looking at at the minute? Is there a, a theme you want to follow through? Don't let that be the kind of thing I don't know what to do. Just let it be something, okay, I want to just dwell on this, this topic, this particular thing. Or we as a church are doing this. So actually as a family, it'd be really nice to do this. Or we're facing this challenge at the minute. Therefore, I'm going to read on breakthroughs. I'm going to find a bit to read. Whatever it may be, the point of this is is how, how we pick it is important. But actually it's not the be all and end all because God will encounter us. In those space, in the space anyway. So we have that, and there's the idea of reading, meditation, prayer, and contemplation. At the end of it, there is an element, and it's emphasising different models of this. Um, some have it as one of the, the kind of how it's an additional stage of, or five stages on this particular image, which is quite clear. It's why I picked it. it. Has it as next steps, but is the idea that there is an action that comes after this. There is something that this does to change what it demands of me or what it means of me or what it means of a decision I'm making or whatever it may be. It's not just a kind of space to get some downtime to chill out from the busy world. If that makes sense, this is about encountering God and therefore if we encounter God, that changes us. Mm. Jacob encountered God and then walked with a limp. Like it changed how he walked. Like we see that through the whole Bible that people encounter God and it changes them. And therefore there, there is an impact on what it does in the next steps. And that's what they call next steps for this one. But for the sake of what we're talking about, I want to focus on the, on the middle four. And there's this idea of, um, in everything we're doing with this, this idea of, of reading it, but reading it slowly, of taking deliberate time to read it. Um, and some, some would suggest that, that we read it through um, and then could just allow this, the kind of passage just to kind of dwell with us from it. Is there a bit of it that jumps out? I always think of like as I'm highlighting stuff in whatever I'm reading, it's like that clearly jumped out to me. But often I'll highlight it and then move on. Or my Kindle is both brilliant and, and frustrating because my Kindle will allow me to highlight it and then I can just keep reading and then it just stores it in a highlighted bit. So I think I've got it there still, but I haven't actually come back to the point that I highlighted. And that's the idea of this, that as we're reading this thing, what is it that jumps out? And then actually we could physically highlight it or you could just highlight it in your mind. But what is it that jumps out? And actually, let's then dwell on that. Let's think on that. Let, let's chew that bit over. We might think, well, it's just me that made it jump out. Maybe it was, but it doesn't really matter because actually let's just dwell on that and expect to meet in the scriptures, meet the God who, who wrote them, meet the God who communicates through them. The, the, that it's taking that space just to slow ourselves right down and read that and let, let something resonate. And then as we're doing that, that we start to, to then meditate on that bit that jumps out. That we start then just to chew that over. And that idea of meditation is that idea that I'm considering this thing, that I might be um, even speaking that out loud again, that I might be talking that through. I might be considering that. I might be um, thinking, okay, just mulling it over. 
like talking it about and all those kind of things that I'm meditating on it it's an active thing and if if that is in a busy room perhaps not the best place to do it but but we're kind of looking for that that space to kind of just be able to to reflect it back to God okay this is a bit that's jumped out God what are you speaking to me through this what is it that that's kind of stirring here and um, and then we kind of have a, this idea of prayer we have this this idea that as we read the passage, we've got that bit that jumped out. We've kind of meditated on it and chewed it. And again, this is slow. This is not a fast paced thing. If I've got it and I can go. But the idea of as we read it, um, what is it that, that I am offering back to God in prayer? Okay, God, this is the bit that's standing out to me. What is it you're speaking to me through this? What is it that, that there's a requirement of me? Is there something I need to let go of? Is there something I need to pick up? Is there something I need to do? Is there something I need to stop doing? Is there something that needs to shift, needs to change? Is there an attitude? Whatever it may be, God, what is it through this that you are speaking to me about? That we offer that prayer back up that doesn't become, because the danger can be, this thing can be just come a nice, which is not wrong, but a nice little thing to do. If that makes sense? It's like, oh, this is nice. A bit of downtime, a bit of quiet, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But actually the prayer element shifts it into this thing. Actually, this is deliberate practice to encounter God. Mm. The, the, I, I'm letting the spirit illuminate stuff, if we want to use that term, bring stuff, highlight stuff. But actually then I'm saying, okay, you've highlighted this. What is it that this means, God? Mm. What is it that you're speaking to me about this? And it might not be right there and then, but it's that we hold that. This was highlighted, God. What is it that you're speaking to me about? I remember with Neo, and everything we're facing with Neo, I remember Susie um, kind of felt there was a significance in the last stages, probably the last month and a half or so of everything with Neo, the significance about the crossing of the Red Sea, um, which is a bit kind of like, um, it's maybe a bit on the nose in terms of like he makes away, doesn't he? But there was a significance of it. And so I, um, we both did, we kind of just spent time thinking on it. Mm. in doing this now it's a bit of a bigger passage than just a short verse but the principles are the same that I, I know that story I, I I could probably recount most of what happens in that that, that moment but I went back to the scriptures mm. and I went back to it and I read it and I read it and I read it and I read it and I meditated on it throughout the day and I kind of considered it and, and, and then there was a few moments when when we had a, a situation happen and I vividly remember we had a situation happen with with um the kind of case and what was going on with that and it, it seemed to go against us in that moment it seemed to be against us like god what on earth has gone on we had a big breakthrough and everything seems to be going against us mm-hmm. in this process coming up to it and there's a phrase in that in that passage that just jumped out to me and i wasn't thinking about it at that moment in time but it just jumped out to me and it was to do with god almost baiting the egyptian army to come and follow the children of israel and he he, he leads them the children of Israel to um, the Red Sea. So you've got the Red Sea behind them and then they've got the, the Egyptian army coming this way. And they're, they're literally trapped. Like it's a stupid, stupid decision. Like you want to get them to the promised land. You don't lead them. So they've got a sea behind them and an army that's chasing them this way. That doesn't make any sense at all. But God's baiting the Egyptian army to come. Yeah. And then Moses parts the Red Sea and again, they cross the Red Sea. They don't get translated across the Red Sea. They don't find a quick way across. They go across the Red Sea. And it's almost like God waits then until the Egyptian army is in the sea, is in that space. And then he says, and then at that moment, he then, it says the phrase is that, 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 that he, he causes the wheels to kind of stop working and them to be confused, the, the Egyptian army. And then they get washed away. 
And there's a phrase that he said, I want you to never see or hear from them again. And God just spoke to me. He just said, that's what's happening. So I, I, I want every root of appeal, every challenge, every, every opposition about Neo to not be in existence anymore. And therefore, we've got to lead it this way so that all those appeal arguments can be brought forward and then they can be washed away. Not the family. I'm not talking about the family being washed away, but, but, but the legal arguments to try and contest that. And for me, that's this. It's like an example of this. Like I could have just gone, okay, it's great. God makes way brilliant. But actually what it became was in a moment to encounter God in that situation. And, and it's a bigger passage, but the principle is the same. Like I meditated on, I chewed over this thing I know well. I know, we, we, we all know that story well. The crossing of the Red Sea. It's, a, it's an amazing moment, but God really just pulled stuff out into a very specific way. And therefore, I was like, God, what? I, I did, I prayed. I said, God, what do you want me to do? I said, just watch. And again, it says in that thing, just stand still and watch the deliverance of God. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do anything. Don't, don't argue the case. Don't get your barristers, your listeners to kind of fight that because that's not the point right now. So it becomes an incredibly practical thing. In me, that, that desire to just fight and try and battle this thing, it changed me. I was like, okay, hey, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything in this moment. And that, that's scary, that, that's risky, but I'm not going to do anything right now. But it's that idea that, that this, I, I, we went to the scriptures, we read it, we pondered it, what stood out to us. And then God, what do you want me to do with this thing? I want you to just stand still and watch. And then it's that idea that, that we we continue to kind of meditate and contemplate what that means and look at how we can change it. And actually, does it move me this way? Does it move me this way? Does it stop me in my tracks? Does it make me go forward? Whatever it may be, but that kind of meditation and carrying that with us becomes a significant thing, that we carry that, that verse, that phrase, that thing. And that's why it's slow. That when he spoke to Joshua, God said, he meditated on it day and night. That's a continuous thing. It's like we might have the moment in the morning or in the evening or in the middle of the day, whenever we have that time where we slow down and we read the scriptures and we get that phrase and we highlight it and we give it back to God, we talk it out loud, we ask God what he wants from us and all that kind of stuff and we may feel some direction, may feel some leading, may feel nothing at all, but we keep that phrase. We go throughout the day and we meditate on it and that's a deliberate practice. Instead of worrying about, I don't know, the bank bills or the kind of the kind of the, the the shopping things that are valid that we need to do it's like we use this as something we just come back to again it's like okay god yeah i'm stuck in traffic right now i could turn the radio on and fill my mind with the radio nothing wrong with that at all or i could just take some time just to meditate on that scripture or i'm waiting for this to happen i could just get get my phone out and start scrolling or i could just take a moment just to meditate on that passage you want or um i'm home alone and there's nothing to do i'm just whack netflix on actually i could just take time to meditate on the scripture there's nothing wrong with your phone there's nothing wrong with netflix nothing wrong with those things but it's that kind of thing actually am i going to just fill my time with those things or am i going to take some time in the day and the night to meditate on the thing you've spoken to me about to meditate on that thing which prompted in my heart and just knowing as we do we encounter the god who wrote it we encounter the god who breathed the scripture we encounter him and in doing so, it forms us and it changes us. And we, what happens is we start to find that fruit that only he can grow in us, that fruit grow. That, that life of Jesus to start to be revealed. And therefore, as we come into whatever circumstance we're in, is people start to encounter the life of God in us, not my stress or my angst or whatever it may be. But that takes time. 
that takes time to practice these things, but it becomes a practice. In my week, in my day, am I establishing these practices, these rules of life? Am I am I putting them in place where I go, actually, yeah, pretty much at this moment, at this time, or whatever it is, I, I spend some time and I just read the scriptures. I slow right down and I just read that passage. Or actually at this point, I just read the scriptures by just reading three or four chapters because I want to just do a different way of reading the scriptures. Or I read this book on this thing over here. But actually, the point is that are these things sitting in our rhythm of life, our rule of life? Because as they do, that trellis gets more and more secure. And as that trellis gets more and more secure, the life of God that flows through us just has a way to just express itself. But it's about building these things into and around our lives. It doesn't become a flash in the pan thing, but it becomes a consistent rhythm of life. Reading the scriptures, fasting Sabbath, prayer, fasting, the ones we've not even come on to yet, community, all those ones, but how do I make sure they're rhythms in my life so that the life of God can flow and this being one as well? How can I, how can we after today share this thing? Might have been good, might have been rubbish, but how can we take away this today? And go, actually, I'm going to build that into my life. I'm going to build in five minutes every day just to slow right down and just meditate on, chew over, pray, consider this phrase, this bit of the scriptures. And if we did that every day, five minutes every day, and allowed in between that day, the day and night part, in between that, just to be thinking on that, that starts to transform and change it on the inside. I know it's quite a while ago so we'll, we'll probably stop there but Jesus just pray that you would just help us with this practice as part of our reading the scriptures but also with our sabbathing with our fasting with our prayer practicing community being part of community with all these different um, practices that make up a rule of life you just help us to sustainably but bit by bit just get them established in our lives that we might be those who abide in Christ, abide in the vine, and in doing so, become branches that bear fruit, that express and reveal the life of God. That we do that in season and out of season. That we thank you for the slow pro- process of formation. Because in it being that slow process of formation, we know that it's sustainable. We know that it's long-lasting. We know that it's changing us on a deep level, not a superficial level. We're not that seed that goes into the ground that immediately bears fruit and then dies away, but we're the ones that's good soil. Good soil that bears fruit some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. We thank you for the deep, long-lasting work you're doing in us. Help us build our trellis. Help us build our world of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.